Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. It was last week that the provincial government came out with new legislation aimed at making the workplace safer. Probably one of the biggest things that came out of that was that Alberta workers are going to be given the right to refuse unsafe work without facing any reprisals. Right now, they have a duty to refuse, but it's all in the power of words. Right is more powerful than duty. So that's the big change. There's some other ones as well. But I wanted to spend this half hour just taking a look at workplace safety. And I know that's that's such a broad issue because there are so many different types of workplaces in our province. I grab statistics off the Alberta government website where they have workplace incident fatalities up until the end of October of this year. So obviously we're still in November. But at this point, the total workplace fatalities in 2017 is 21. That's up from... 17 at the same point last year. So uh, ahead of last year's numbers. And when you look at it, they are looking at fatalities just to give you an idea, because sometimes I think of workplace safety right away. My head goes to construction trades, but this also includes agriculture and forestry, business, personnel, professional services, manufacturing, processing, mining and petroleum development, public administration, transportation, communication, and utilities. I suppose if I was injured on my job, I'd fall into that category. Wholesale and retail trade and then unspecified. But of those sectors, of those different industry sectors, construction and construction trades has had the highest number of fatalities. 12 so far this year. So of the 21 total, 12 of them have occurred in the construction and construction trades sector. That compares to nine at this point last year in that sector. So I I guess it makes sense when I think of workplace safety. I do think of construction and construction trades, but I don't want to take away from the other sectors as well and the overall safety of workplaces in our province. I want to bring in Bob Montgomery. He is a former RCMP officer and now focusing in more safety professional area. Bob, how do I introduce you? Well, that's a great question. Thank you, first of all, Angela, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, you could call me Bob. Uh, I've been called worse, but, you know, uh, Bob's fine. Yeah, but I want to know your background because yesterday I had a Jerry come on and he was just a caller saying he was a, a police officer. And I had a lot of listeners say, who was Jerry? Are you sure he was a police officer? But what's your background, Bob? What brings you to be able to talk about workplace safety in our province? Well, thanks. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to discuss it briefly. I'll keep it brief. Um, after my uh, career with the RCMP, I was headhunted to a role in forensic accounting, and that's internal theft. So I worked there for a while and decided, uh, as I saw the need for workplace health and safety uh, training expanding, to go get some training in that regard. So I finished some designations, but specifically the Certified Health and Safety Consultant designation through the Canadian Society of Safety Engineers. Uh, I hold a National Construction Safety Officer designation through the Alberta Construction Safety Association, uh, and I'm a, a certified Canadian registered safety professional through the BCRSP. So uh, those credentials, um, it, it, I guess, allow me to uh, to 
practice the art of health and safety consulting. Um, but it's, as you well said in your introduction, it's a broad, broad area. Uh, I've uh, been a consultant uh, for over 20 years, I guess, mostly in Alberta, although my practice has extended across Canada into the United States. Uh, I have uh, clients and a company in Alabama. We deal with pipeline maintenance down there. We have another company up here dealing with farming and ranching. And then I have my main company, uh, Mountain Industrial Safety Services, uh, based out of Calgary, dealing with construction and oil and gas. Well, and that's why we wanted to bring you on, Bob, because I think most Albertans, when we talk about safety or unsafe sites, we do think of construction because it seems like that's an area where you are going to see a higher incident of injuries or fatalities. Am I off the mark on that? No, I think you're uh, you're absolutely right on, Angela. We've got a lot of construction activity, which, of course, goes up and down with the economics of the day. Uh, we've just been through a rather severe recession, as everyone is well aware, with regard to our economy and associated construction activities. But there are, you know, uh, depending upon who you talk to, somewhere around 50,000 construction companies, from the one- and two-person operations up to the megalopolis, uh, huge uh, companies in Alberta, 50,000. Uh, so just simply by the numbers alone, you can tell that, and the activity, that there's going to be more related incidents. Bob, I'm glad you mentioned the economy because, of course, you're right. Construction activity goes up and down according to the economy. I'm curious, though, do injuries and fatalities follow that same line? And I've got a couple of different ideas behind that. But uh, do you think that when the economy is booming, we're going to see a higher rate of injuries and fatalities in the construction industry? Well, that's a, a great question. And, of course, it's going to vary depending upon the industry and the inherent risks and dangers associated with mm-hmm. the uh, That said, uh, as there is more activity in more dangerous occupations, like oil and gas, in particular drilling, uh, pipelines, construction, or in commercial and industrial construction, uh, you're going to see uh, more associated injuries, all things equal. Uh, that doesn't excuse that activity, and I expect we'll probably chat about that a little bit later on. And definitely we will. And here's my thinking, though. As much as it would seem pretty easy, and if the economy is doing well, you're going to have more people in that sector and probably working, and then you're going to increase your rate of injuries or fatalities. But I almost wonder when there's a downturn, if some sites are, and employees and employers are happy to have the work and might be looking the other way in some areas. So that that's the only reason I thought it might not necessarily follow the same line as how the economy is doing. Right. Well, uh, I can't speak to uh, the folks that look the other way, but what I would like to speak to, with your permission, is to chat a little bit about uh, why it is that we still have 20 or 30 years after introducing um, a greatly enhanced education program for health and safety practitioners, why it is we still have a fair number of serious injuries and fatalities, as you noted earlier. Uh, In my opinion, uh, I think a lot of the answer, uh, although it varies amongst industries, lies with the training of occupational health and safety practitioners. Um, You know, this is a new industry. Um, most of the colleagues that I work with in this business have come from uh, another occupation in another area earlier in their career. 
So the training of occupational health and safety folks has evolved and continues to evolve. So today we have close to 50 institutions that offer occupational health and safety training for practitioners. And notably absent, in my view, has been some of the softer skills like business language training so that practitioners can talk the language of business uh, in the boardrooms of Canada, regardless of what industry or company, or effective communication skills, or technical writing skills. Those things have been absent. And in my view, I know many colleagues that are great technicians, but just can't communicate that information properly so that it's accepted by senior leaders. And I think therein lies a, a big part of the problem or the disconnect, Angela. Bob, I want to take a break here because I want to get more into the occupational health and safety of the practitioners because oftentimes when we hear of a workplace incident, whether it ends in injury or sadly death, you'll hear, well, OHS has been called in. And so I want to kind of get the difference between the practitioner, the investigator, and see where we can go from there. Bob Montgomery is my guest, and we are talking about workplace safety. 403-974-8255 is the number to text because I know I have a lot of listeners who are in the trades and and they know firsthand whether or not their site is safe. So I'd love to hear from you as well. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. We are talking about workplace safety issues. And when I'm reading the stats on some of the construction fatalities, uh, there it is. A worker fell from a roof approximately 12.4 meters in height, died July 24th. Uh, you know, you can, you can go online and, line rather, and read all the fatalities that have occurred in construction sites in our province. Bob Montgomery, a former RCMP officer, uh, many years consulting, 20 years now in the workplace safety arena, I'm going to say. Actually, I think, Bob, you said practicing the art of health and safety. Is that what you said? Uh, well, that, that's a pretty good description because there's an awful lot of art to the science of uh, occupational health and safety. That's pretty good. Well, now, well, you said it. It wasn't me. Uh, so here's the thing. When we hear of an incident and occupational health and safety is investigating, are these the technicians or the practitioners that you're talking about, or is that just a government body that's OHS? Well, thanks for the opportunity to clarify that. So when there's an incident... Uh, There's a legislative mandate uh, for the employer to investigate, as they should. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the idea, of course, is to find out the real reason why it happened so you can put something in place so it doesn't happen again. Um, So the employer would have an employee or a contractor to do that for them. But in addition to that, um, the regulator, um, uh, the government of Alberta would have a regulator depending upon the seriousness of the matter, may be called to attend as well. And, you know, those folks are in a tough spot, I think, because generally those folks do their job really well. Uh, but they're in a tough spot because they're representing, uh, you know, the, uh, the government's issue at any given time. And government has a tough job trying to uh, provide legislation. Just You mentioned Bill yeah. 30. Um, <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to read it all yet, but... Um, you know, the, the idea of trying to um, somehow balance public opinion uh, and have that re- reflected in legislation uh, and then allow your uh, folks on the ground, the regulators, to go out and, and enforce that legislation can be a very difficult job. 
so I, you know, I take my hat off to, uh, I know regulators throughout this province and many others, and I can tell you most of them do an absolutely amazing job, and I'm thankful for them. But it's a tough one because uh, they have to go out and uh, be in very, sometimes very difficult circumstances, uh, dealing with serious injuries or deaths, uh, and they have to uh, execute the mandate that have, they've been given by legislation, uh, and they have to do that professionally. Uh, they have to do it objectively, uh, and they have to manage uh, a lot of the emotion uh, around uh, those events, which, as you can imagine, can be pretty severe. No, I can't imagine. Uh, so that's the regulators. Would they also be practitioners then? Uh, so, right, sorry. So the uh, uh, these folks typically, and I can't speak for the regulator, of course, but they uh, typically are well-trained and usually have, uh, I think it's a condition of employment now that they also have the CRSP or the Canadian Registered Safety Professional designation, which is an important one. Uh, you know, it takes some work to be able to study and pass that exam. Not everyone passes, believe me. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're credentialed. So when I talk about practitioners, I'm talking about uh, health and safety folks that have a title of safety coordinator. Uh, you'll see the phrase safety officer a lot. Uh, so it's even contained within the Alberta Construction Safety Association uh, designation, the National Construction Safety Officer. Those folks who have some training, who go or who go out, work for a company, whether as an employee or as a contractor, and are expected to attend to uh, every element with regard to health and safety. I think sometimes the expectations uh, are greater than their ability to meet them. Uh, I think that's the difficulty, and this industry needs to deal with that, in my view. Uh, I think sometimes they're put into unrealistic spots. Uh, so to go, uh, you know, to have a, a two- or three-day course in investigation and go and investigate uh, a fatality, you mentioned falls, uh, typically they're not as black and white as they may seem. And perhaps the training for uh, someone uh, to investigate that type of incident needs to be a little broader, a little mm. more in-depth. Okay, I just wanted to clarify because you were talking about the practitioners. Yeah. Here, I'm, I'm getting lots of texts and, and some people are saying OH&S officers do not need to have a CRSP designation. That's false. I, I mean, I, I've got listeners who are probably in the industry and they've got their own take on things. Uh, one other person says, and you're wrong. Um, employees have always had the right to refuse unsafe work um, along with the right to know and the right to participate. I'm just saying what Bill C- Bill 30 is all about is changing current legislation, giving workers the duty to refuse. It's changing it to a right to refuse. So it, it does come down in the wording. So I'm just trying to go through this. Someone just sent me a picture. Um, sadly, they've lost their hand. And the person says, I had an accident, Ange. It's very hurtful to hear you guys say that every accident should be preventable through legislation. Although I don't think we said that specifically. Uh, I can tell you I lost my hand because of an accident, not because my employer or I wasn't watching out for safety. How do you respond to that, Bob? Because I know some people think that there's no such thing as an accident. Everything can be prevented. Well, that's a, it's a great question. And those of us in this industry have been struggling with that question for a long time. So there's so many moving pieces. There's the knowledge of the worker, there is the uh, task to be done. Uh, there is the employer who provides that 
cost to the worker. All of those are different pieces, and they all need to be looked at in this equation. So, unfortunately, there are many sad stories of folks that are seriously injured or worse, uh, like the individual you mentioned with his hand. And I expect that uh, when that investigation was completed, there were many causes uh, that were um, related to how that event unfolded. So uh, it involves uh, a lot of education for workers and for employers. And in fairness, that has been a, a theme of the government in Alberta and others for many years, that we need to educate folks more. And so over the years, there's been millions of dollars of resources poured into educating uh, workers and employers, and, and that's all quite positive. But there's still some gaps, and that's where I come back to perhaps uh, a gap in uh, teaching practitioners, those folks that are assigned to um, uh, help workers understand their health and safety obligations, those folks called safety officers yeah. or coordinators, to you know, be trained more in uh, to learn the language of business so they can speak that language with senior po- folks so the senior folks get what they're trying to say, accept that occupational health and safety agenda, and implement and incorporate it uh, completely. Bob, you know what? I know I know I've just scratched the surface, and um, obviously this is a, a big issue. I've got lots of texts. I'll share some of those on the other side of the news. But um, I, I appreciate you just coming on with your expertise. I think we've got to revisit this. Yeah, I'd be happy to anytime, Angela. It's yeah, a great I... topic. It deserves a lot of attention. I'd be glad to help in any way. Appreciate it, Bob. Thanks so much. Take care. Bob Montgomery, he uh, joins us talking about workplace safety. I've got lots of texts, and I want to share those after the news. 403-974-8255, just so your opinion is heard. We're back after this. I want to get to your texts and phone calls just for the next five minutes or so, and then I'll introduce my next guest. But um, just because... I ran out of time with Bob Montgomery, Wealth of Information, and I was getting lots of texts, so I just want to make sure I've got some time for that. 403-974-8255. Hi, Robert. What are, you, what are your thoughts when it comes to workplace safety? Hey, Angela. I took the safety course and was a safety officer on a construction site here in Calgary. Yeah. And one of the things to teach you in the safety course is that any height taller than you is potentially fatal. Mm. And and sadly enough, I had a friend I used to work with that they would just, he would almost be obnoxious around ladders and heights. He lost his life when he was changing light bulbs in his house about, about seven years ago on a four-foot ladder. And this was the guy that knew probably the most about heights. Mm. And he fell off that ladder and lost his life because he hit his head on the counter on the way down. Yikes. So heights are one of the biggest causes of death. In uh, that, that's awful. And so how do you protect against that, Robert? And with Bob saying safety officers have to have the right language to be able to work with different business and stuff. But how do you how do you instill that in a workplace to ensure people well, understand that? the problem that? is you have a foreman. And, and if he gives you a job that might save might take two minutes out of your time to get to a specific height without proper restraining harnesses and stuff like that. If you don't do it, then you're locked down upon and you'll be relegated mm. to picking up wood on the site. So there's a fine line the worker has to cross, but knowing he puts his life there, but knowing the job has to get done from the pressure from the other side, it's kind of brutal on construction workers. I, I feel bad for them a lot of times. Uh, this isn't, isn't a workplace. It's my house, and I'm the one who usually gets on the ladder and cleans the eaves. Sure. You know why? Because you've done it a thousand times before. Exactly. So how do I prevent myself from dying? 
Like I've got my husband. My husband holds the ladder. I'm okay with heights and everything else. But you know what I mean? So I'm going higher than my height. It's just ensuring that I'm being very aware of what I'm doing. That that's right, and and not just try to get too comfortable with it because every time you step up anything beyond your height level, yeah. is potentially fatal, and you need to just always be very extremely cautious about it, and never take it for granted that you're going to change at one light bulb and survive to change the next two or three. Yeah, Robert, thanks for that. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Let's see here. Uh, oh, so many. I've got to make sure I got them in the right order. And on big construction sites with big name general contractors, safety comes first up until the job falls behind schedule. Then they start to ignore rules, push, push, push. When the inevitable accident occurs, their safety personnel investigations just blame the subcontractors, not the general contractors who have caused the problem. Uh, Let's see another one. No one ever considers how many truck drivers lose their lives on the road between Calgary and Vancouver. I've known five drivers personally. That road is not kept that road is not kept closed when it's unsafe. Um, so I think the texter is just saying that that's still, that's your workplace. You're a driver, you, you know, you're in that cab, that's your workplace. And uh, that has to be taken into consideration too when it comes to the fatalities and injuries. Uh, safety culture needs to change in bad companies. And and just back to this legislation, Bill third, Bill 30 rather, because there is, I know when uh, you, you guys have, emailed and texted us before saying, I I know I might have this duty or this right, but I need the job. And sometimes I have to be able to do things that I would consider unsafe because I may not get rehired or, you know, when the next job comes around. So I, I know it's one thing for the government to be able to say that they want to uh, take the onus off workers, place responsibility to fix the situation on employers. But I don't know if that's reality sometimes, which is sad. Um, another one says here, oh, wrong on a job site, any bench ladder or any height over four feet needs to be tied off to an anchor point. Um, OHS officers are certified as peace officers in Alberta. Okay. I'm just trying to get through all of them. Thanks so much for all the texting, but I, uh, let's see here. Okay. This is a FIRA field level risk assessment someone has taken a picture of. Every job site needs one filled out every day per trade worker before work begins. This has been in place for a decade. Seems like the NDP wants to change a couple of words in legislation to make it sound like they're making things safer. I fail to see how changing duty to write makes my life any safer. There are some other changes too. I you know, I encourage you to go online, uh, but I didn't want to bore you with all the details. One though was interesting. Spouses of workers killed on the job would be treated equally. All would receive benefits for five years. Spouses with children would receive benefits until the youngest child is 18 or 25 if that child is in college or university. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're saying, no, that's always been in place. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for the text.